Welcome to the Change Agents Podcast with your host, Tracy V. Allen, social enterprise and small business funding strategist and the owner of TVA Consulting Group. The Change Agents Podcast is about empowering change agents, social entrepreneurs, social enterprises, and nonprofits with the knowledge, skills, strategies, and concepts needed to design, build, and fund their social ventures. have over 20 years of experience <laughs> like we're old <laughs> 20 years experience in this business and I specialize in um, business consulting and social enterprise consulting right now yeah and so we thought that capacity building would be a really good thing today Tracy you mentioned something to me yesterday when I was thinking about different topics like no because we can't really everybody wants the money everybody's coming to talk about the money but if you don't do what it takes to get in, in position to get the money, then the money is not going to come to you, right? Right. <laughs> like right now, we have a lot of people. Twenty twenty was not did not really treat them bad financially because you had these COVID response dollars and things like that. Right now, I'm working with fifty three organizations that we're doing we're doing our end of year reporting for a funder, and a lot of them got money just because it was COVID. You know, a lot of COVID response money is in there. But having capacity to even report, right, is a thing. Like, what kind of systems do you have in place? How, how do we know that you can hold on to this kind of funding and move it forward? So I just want to define, define capacity a little bit um, before we move forward. And just my simple tie terminology, this kind of street sometimes, <laughs> capacity, um, is basically your ability um, as an organization or a business to move your organization to the next level of best. So what are you doing right now to move your organization forward? And it doesn't necessarily amount to, to funding. It's really, really focused on the infrastructure and how and your ability to hold that organization together. When I think about capacity, I think about elevators. And if you, you know elevators, there's a sign in there that says the capacity limit for this elevator is how many pounds or how many tons or whatever. And if you Feel it too capacity, you know, you have a tendency to break it because it's time to expand and get bigger. But if there's not enough in there, you know, you, you can have a safe ride, but you know, you have room to grow. So we want to be in that space where we have room to grow. So capacity building is what directs you towards your next level of best or your next space of growth. Tracy? I totally agree with that. And I just had a meeting with someone like um, my team today, and we were talking about that. And I was saying too often, just like you said, people come into business and it's all about the money, the money, the money. So yes, you don't have to build strong in order to get some money. Everybody's able to get money just having a product and putting it out there. But if you really want to have sustainability, then you really need to start thinking about capacity. And the first part of that is the infrastructure. You have to make sure that you lay a strong foundation that has no gaps in it for potential to crack in order to build 
a strong capacity, built to a strong capacity, basically. So um, it's all about making sure that you lay that right foundation, putting all the plans in place and thinking uh, um, forward about what could possibly happen and how, if it happens, you're going to be able to fix it, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, like filling a bag, you know, it's like, well, how much do I put in here? In your plastic bag, you keep loading it and loading it and loading it because you're getting stuff. You know, you're, you're, the bag is the infrastructure, but when you put too many items in it, it's going to burst, right? <laughs> it's like, look, we couldn't hold this. We wanted this and we couldn't hold it. And I think about, when I think about um, nonprofit programs and nonprofit organizations, how most of the time I'll see people come in and I'll say, what do you need for your organization? And they go, we need funding, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay, if you were to get, if I were to give you $100,000 today to fund your organization, what would you do with it? And they'll talk about something that may not even be related to their mission. So first of all, if you're trying to build capacity, it has to be in line with your mission, right? And it has to be able to put these systems in place for you to operate your mission. If your first thing is money, you don't have any money, there's a problem. Right. Because you miss some parts and you were saying, Tracy, no gaps. Development is usually the gap that most businesses and organizations miss when they want to go directly from uh, being formed in their state as a business to thinking that they're going to be have a million dollars overnight and they miss that process in the middle of developing toward capacity. Right. And I think one of those biggest gaps, I must say, is that business plan. It surprises me how many people start a business, whether it be a nonprofit, a social enterprise, or a regular for-profit business, and they have no business plan. How do you know how you're going to get from point A to point B? Let's not even talk about Z because we can't get that far because we don't have a roadmap to get there. We are not sure. All the ideas sit in your head. That is not a good place for it. You need to actually put it on paper and you need to check it on a regular basis to see what needs to change because things change over time. To make sure that you are meeting your benchmarks. And if you've met this benchmark, then what? That's, to me, what capacity really means is to think about if this happens, then what happens next? And most of us are not thinking that that far ahead. Like I just gave the example, um, I think the last time we spoke was about a client who a social media influencer happened to purchase a product, um, put it on their social media platform, and then bam, an influx of orders came in and they were not ready for it because they never thought that that could actually happen. But you know the saying, um, it takes 20 years to build your business before you become an overnight success. <clears throat> Sorry, an overnight success. So you could be going along, going along year after year, and you're like, my God, I just can't get a break. I'm making money, but I'm not getting that level of success that I'm looking for. And then one day, just something happens, and you have the next sensation. Are you ready for that? Have you thought that far ahead? Have you put systems and processes in place to handle that in case it happens? Exactly. And I tell them proper organizations all the time, especially when they're new, and I talk, and, and they think I'm crazy, right? So I'm like, do not be going out here putting on your website that you got 15 different programs. If I need the program that you have listed on your website, 
Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of us need this program, and you have not started the program. Right. And I call your organization. What do you do to with me? Because you said it. You said you had it. Mm-hmm. Right? You said it. And when you're when I'm thinking about nonprofit organizations, I'm thinking about people, about people who need something now. This is urgent. If I am homeless and I need somewhere to sleep, I need it tonight. If I'm hungry and I need some food, and your organization provides food to hungry people, I need you to feed me today. Right. I ain't got time to be on your way when this is late. So look, if you said that is true, if you said that you had provide meals, and I contact your organization, and me and my family and three other families that we know are looking for meals, and you go, oh, we don't, we don't have that program. You put it out there. Mm-hmm. So what did you have in place right now? You're not ready for that. False advertisement. Right. And what, what can you do instead of that? Even if your mission is to help. Um, eradicate, you know, homelessness or whatever. You want to build up something like a referral network, a referral system. Exactly. So you can have somewhere to send me because you don't have this, right? And when I call you and need your services, that's not the time to build that up. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is what, I mean, I see a lot of that, like, right, you'll wait and you'll go, oh, well, now we have 100 people who are wanting this thing that we said we already had. Or like you were saying, Tracy, when people are, you're putting a product out there and all of a sudden, you know, 2,000 people buy your T-shirt. And you go like, dang, we only printed the one that we had. <laughs> <laughs> one that we showed, and now we don't have no production. We don't know what, we don't know how to get this done. Now and that has happened. That has literally happened. <laughs> you know, especially if it's a hot or trending topic at the time and people see it, they like it, people start sharing it. You know, you can literally go from, Zero to hero, basically. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's I, I want to go back to what you were talking about when you said that um don't put things on your website that you cannot provide at the time. Um another thing I want to talk about was when you said um don't build it or don't say when you said talk about don't provide the service. So in two different ways. The first part is sometimes we wait for perfection in order to put something out. So I don't truly believe that something has to be perfect to put out, but you do need to be working in it in order to put it out, right? At least you have a plan for it. Right. Have some type of plan, some type of system and process in place in order to put it out. And then the next part was when you talked about... um, not providing them with um, that particular service. I have a client who is doing something similar to what you're talking about. She wants to provide sheltering for, um, for, for people, I guess, who are homeless or um, domestic violence. I can't remember, but anyways, she is stuck in a place where she feels that she cannot start because she does not have a building. Does that make sense? Well, I have people like that all the time. Okay. So I'm like, but what else can you provide? So you don't have a building to put them in, but can you join forces like you talked about? Can you join forces with another organization that already has a building? It's not going to take anything from you because you're not ready. But I think we get so territorial, like those organizations and businesses that get so territorial. It's like, okay, I know they want building, but I don't want to party with them because they're going to steal my client. Girl, it's uh, so many clients. Exactly. So many people need so much. Whatever it is you got, those people that you're talking to 
Yeah, so I had to ask because she's like, oh, we're not serving any clients right now. And I'm like, why not? Well, we don't have a building. So what other services are you planning on providing within this organization? And why aren't you providing those services since you, the building is not present? It should A building should not be a hindrance to providing the, the um, services that your mission says you will provide. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about it like later in the week about why you should still move forward while you're trying to build capacity, those things like referral networks and, and those things, what does that do for to help you position to attract funds? Right, and exactly. Beta testing certain portions of your programs mm -hmm. and services that you want to provide. But I just really wanted to piggyback on that where we talk, because we, I think we're so stuck on being perfect that that is one of the hindrance to building capacity. Mm -hmm. it, all it took me a long time to get to that point. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I kept trying to figure out how I wanted to word it and it just wasn't coming out. And I was like, what am I trying to say? I know what I'm saying, but I can't figure out how to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think and I think that that's something that's always like ongoing, it's on a continuum. Because like, you know, I got up this morning looking at a proposal um that I'm sending out and I was like, Oh my gosh, like can I like can I do it? Like can I, can I do it? Yeah. And that's a real thing. That is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> You get that imposter syndrome where you're like, wow, this is going to take up a lot of my time. Do I really want to, you know, commit to this? Can I deliver on what I'm telling them that I can deliver on without burning myself out? So you go through a lot of that. And that's part of capacity building. So that's perfect for what we're talking about, because that is a part of capacity building. It's not just on the business level, but it's also on the personal level. I think that's the hardest thing because you gotta get like dig deep into that person before it can spill over. Right, right. Because yeah, imposter syndrome is a real thing. It's a real thing, and it will cripple you. I see people get crippled on a regular basis, and when I say cripple, I mean stuck in a rut in their businesses because they can't get beyond their own minds. And that is why every program that I do, one of the first components is that mindset piece because i know for a fact unless you change your mindset nothing good will come like i said you may make some money but you're not going to be able to sustain it because of the mindset that you have i was talking to a friend right before this and that's exactly what she said like she's building housing courses and she says she's talking about where the first course is going to be and she said well I think I should do mindset first. And you know, I, you know me being me when I was like, well, you know, Jesus is my regulator, not me. They don't have to go to God. <laughs> 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 but that is so true because if you cannot get into the right mindset, it's not going to work. No, it won't. It won't. And I've been there. I've been there where my, you know, my personal mindset has kept me stuck in a rut, either personally or professionally, just because I couldn't get beyond certain things. But you have to change your mindset. And once you change your mindset, you see things, you see doors opening, you see things start happening, and you're like, wow, if I don't only. Yes, yes. And I'm glad you said that. No, but seriously, so, you know, just talking, everything doesn't always have to be like business centered for it to be business centered. So we're just having a conversation, but it brings back home, not only to your personal life, but in your business. Because the I think when we talk about imposter syndrome, one of the things that's worse than imposter syndrome, 
and that I think keeps a lot of people from building the business to the capacity that it can be built is fear of success. Yeah, fear. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Like, what's yes. gonna, you know, even with the elevator thing? Like, she's like, okay, yeah. what's going to happen if, if it does? Uh-huh. And I have to grow beyond distance that I'm comfortable in. Exactly. So it's so that I'm comfort level. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> because I know one of my biggest fears was becoming a true boss. You know, yeah. it's okay for me to boss up for myself, but now I have people to pay. I have people whose li- livelihood depends on me doing what I need to do. Yeah. And that is a true motivator. You know what I mean? Because there are days when I know I don't feel like getting up out of bed. I don't feel like doing anything. And I have to realize that, okay, I'm not just responsible for me. I'm responsible for me and other people. So I have to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to build to capacity and beyond whatever I think my capacity is. Because you can build beyond the capacity that you think you have. Right. Exactly. And it's so ironic that you have you say that because when I had my capacity cram today, that's one of the things I talked about. We talked about, you know, thinking about your budget and how much you need to make. And I was telling them, you know, like I have this memorial fund that I have for my son Mm -hmm. um, and it's self-funded. Right. I said, yes, I could start a nonprofit, but I don't want to. So my business model is I know I need to put X amount of money away to do the things in his honor that I want to do. So I need to make what I set as my budget for the year for my to pay my you know, to maintain my business, to pay myself, to pay my employees. But beyond that, I need to make this amount extra in order to maintain that fund. So it's like, you know, when you're thinking about capacity building, all of these different facets come into it. If you're a nonprofit and you're thinking about the next program or service you want to provide or the next program or service you want to supplement, um, put more monies into because, you know, you see it it's getting harder and harder for people to pay for it or whatever it is that you're providing, however you're providing it. And same thing for social um, entrepreneurs or social enterprises, you know, you reach to a certain capacity, but if you want to get beyond that then you have to say, okay, this is what I need now, but what can I, what will I need in the future? So. Yeah. And it's big. I mean, I think that sometimes we kind of downplay the word capacity building because people really don't understand what it is, mm-hmm. but it has so many different levels to what you're talking about, you know, organization, personal, organizational, programmatic, it just gets bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. and there's another, you have to assess every level of it, because without having it accomplished, or at least understanding the process that it takes at the personal level, you'll never get to the other levels the way that you should. Can I just um, bring the elephant um mm-hmm into the room when you say capacity right that word scares people mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever noticed that but when you start talking about capacity something about the word capacity makes people go like they, they get a shortness of breath because it just sounds like such a big foreign concept to it and i'm glad that we're talking about it because i think the conversation that we just had because if you're saying when, you, when you're speaking with someone and you say, "Do you have the capacity for it?" Mm-hmm. You know, put it like that. It kind of make 
people feel unprepared. And yes. Right. So <laughs> it has a negative connotation. Like it's like, okay, do I have? What do you mean? I don't have the capacity. You know, or am I miss? Am I? Am I falling short? Something. Right. Exactly. But I think the way we just had the conversation, at least I hope, to me, it brought, you know, it kind of leveled the playing field and not make it so big and scary that it's something that we all struggle with, no matter where we are in our lives. It affects our personal lives. It affects our professional lives. It's just something we're going to always deal with. How you deal with it is going to be the big thing. And knowing when you need to expand. Right. Knowing when you're holding more than you are supposed to be holding. Knowing when you have room in your elevator to get more people in. Right. Knowing when you need less people out. Knowing when you need to bring some more people in. Knowing when you need to move all the way over to the next building to get another elevator. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're sinking in a sea of work, Mm -hmm. then you know it's time to get some help. <laughs> right. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it all it, it all kind of goes into a straight line. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're sick, when you got so much, and I see organizations all the time, bone leaders, what I call people starting their problems by themselves, mm-hmm. and try to run it by themselves, and they're doing everything, right? A lot of that is fear of delegating. Yes. It's not necessarily that, you know, a, a capacity problem, mm-hmm. unless you're talking about at that personal level that you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I let go of that fear of delegating, the fear of feeling that I'm the only one, and I had this for a long time myself. I mean, really, it wasn't about not really re- being ready to take on somebody to support me. It was like, okay, if I don't do it, then they're not gonna do it right. <laughs> right, right, yes, it's it's that's it. And I see even in my personal life with my kids. You know, you don't want them, you're not washing the dishes right, or you're not mopping the floor right, or you're not cleaning your room correctly, and you go behind them and do it. And then you have to realize at some point, whether it's personal, professional, you have to let go and trust that someone else can do it at the same level that you would have done it. That's why you are an employee at some point in time, because your boss realized in order for me to grow, in order for me to get to the capacity that I need to get to, I have to hire people to do the work. Yeah. Yep. So that's it for today. What are we talking about tomorrow, Ty? <laughs> <laughs>
that type of stuff. Like, what is the suggestion as far as that? Like, I, me personally, I don't want to be a one-stop show. I have no issue passing anything on, but at the same time, finding quality work because my- Okay, change agents, thank you for joining me today. And remember, there's someone in your community that is waiting for the programs and services that you provide, and it is your responsibility to make sure you get it right. Until next time, have a great day.